And welcome back to the Twins Wrap. Derek Hansen with you, along with the intelligent voice of the Minnesota Twins, Dick Bramer. And, well, crossing our fingers, as you and I said, uh, Dick, uh, hopefully we can get some baseball going here. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting week, I think, in terms of the public negotiations between the owners and the players. And the hope is that uh, common sense, decency, and a sense of responsibility will will win out here and uh, we'll have some news uh, good news about the start of a baseball season here in the next couple of weeks yeah it's interesting you say that because i thought with uh the players association right away in the in the uh, union rep uh is it tony clark i do believe yes i i, I thought his statement was a little bit alarming the fact that i thought man you don't want to be donald fear of 1994 right i mean i i think i think he should have tempered his statement a little bit on it as far as bringing up salary caps and potential because i i don't think that the owners are trying to use this as any type of leverage for a future cba or am i wrong no i i don't think you're wrong at all i think it's a one-year deal i think it's a creative uh attempt to try to get the season started but what's Disturbing for me, and I think maybe a lot of baseball fans too, is right from the get-go, it was about money, revenue. And clearly, you know, the safety of the players and everybody else that would be traveling and uh, executing these baseball games, uh, either on you know the playing side, the broadcasting side, you know, the, the first words out of management's mouth should have been about safety. Yeah. Uh, the first words out of the Players Association uh, mouths should have been safety because that is presumably what everybody's most concerned about. And right away we were start, starting to talk about money, and, and uh, I think that kind of set the tone for what might be a really ugly week. And hopefully not. I mean, you think cooler heads can prevail on this? I think after the initial thing talking about that, they're going to understand because the outcry of the fans, I think, is, you know, when you have people that – are hearing that millionaires and billionaires are fighting each other over what type of cut they have to take when so many people are on unemployment and many people are may, maybe are not on unemployment, but they've taken a pay cut during this time. So they, you know, they can help out their employers have a black ink. If you know what I'm getting at, I just don't think there's going to be a lot of sympathy for a lot of the American public out there. No. And there's, there's always been that uh, chasm between uh, the baseball uh, world and the rest of the world in terms of finances. And, you know, long ago, the common man and woman couldn't relate to the money that the players were making and the owners were making. But now under these circumstances, as you said, with so many people uh, unable to work, not because they don't want to, but because they can't, they've been furloughed or laid off, whatever, uh, there'll be very little sympathy. And this isn't just on baseball, but when it uh, comes uh, to talking about the NFL, the NHL, NBA, all of that, there'll be very little sympathy uh, from people who are really struggling to make ends meet, uh, unable to make ends meet. And the dialogue so far has been about you know, dollars and cents. Well, not even cents, dollars. And, uh, you know, you're right. There, there's just not going to be uh, anything relatable about uh, you know two parties squabbling over money during this time that where so many people are struggling, and I don't mean to seem insensitive about safety, but I think about when I went to the grocery store and I put a mask on and I looked at the person across from me who was checking me out wearing a mask who was about my father's age since seventy some years old, right? I mean, in in their social security years, I guess 
you know, I, I guess if they can work, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that with a, you can imagine the disinfectant. I mean, you and I have been in the clubhouse enough. They disinfect the way it was. I mean, it's going to be 10 times that now. Well, and I, you know, one of the keys to all of this uh, regarding the safety issue is frequent testing. And as someone who presumably uh, would be going through the routine uh, of, uh, you know, getting a baseball season resumed, I would anticipate that I and everybody else involved in the resumption of, uh, you know, the baseball season or the start of the baseball season uh, would be tested at least twice a week. Now, you know, we're obviously not to that point yet. They're talking about maybe starting a season in early July. So there's a month and a half or more to get it all figured out. But clearly testing is going to be a, a key component to this and how often, uh, players and personnel will be tested, and then what the protocol will be uh, in the inevitability that someone's going to test positive over the course of the baseball season. So there are some really serious issues that need to be dealt with, and I think it was really unfortunate that you know right out of the shoot everybody's talking about money when there are uh, more important issues than that uh, moving forward. And it is going to be interesting by July what type of testing we're talking about, right? Because they've been doing stuff here where – you know, people have wait, had to wait 72 hours. I know someone who had to wait almost 120 hours for their test result, right? So it's going to be have to be more of a rapid test when you're talking about putting all these people into one area here. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we've been told that unless you're symptomatic, you shouldn't even uh, ask for a, a test. And thankfully, you know, my family's asymptomatic and we're, we're, we seem to be doing fine. But, you know, it's it, it's going to be interesting as i think we said last week if there is a season this year the 60th season of twins baseball uh it's going to be unlike any other season in the history of the game uh, basically the games will be played for the tv and radio audience there will be if any fans at all very limited fan access to the games in person and uh it's going to look different it's going to sound different um uh, and you know, nevertheless, I think everyone is hopeful that they can figure it out and, and get the season started. You know, it's funny. You and I have joked about this before, but you would think that, you know, they'll probably start out with, without any fans, but you would think outside if you could spread fans out, right, and their groups of family members and then have like 10 seats between them or whatever, they could maybe work. It'd be very similar to the Metrodome days back in 2000. I mean, I'm just, I'm joking around there, but yeah, I would think that outside being able to do that would be maybe feasible by the end of the summer. Well, that's the hope. But again, there's some, you know, some components uh, that aren't there yet that uh, would need to be there. You know, we're, you know, baseball's been uh, analytics driven, uh, now for several years, but these are different analytics. We're we're looking for a decrease in the positive testing percentage. We're looking for a decrease in the mortality rate. You know, and you you know you're not talking about just one location. You know, you're it's if you're going to play in New York, things have to get better in New York. If you're going to play in Seattle, things have to be better in Seattle and in you know 28 other uh, stadiums. You know, in the surrounding areas. Things need to be a lot better than they are right now. And, of course, that's the hope, that in a month and a half from now that things will be better. But we need to start seeing you know, some signs pointing in that direction. 
Yeah, for sure. Are you a little surprised that it really came down to wanting to play in the home stadiums, considering it doesn't really matter what stadium you're playing if there's no fans? So are you surprised that the, the things in Florida and Arizona got shelved as quickly as they did? Well, I, I think that uh, one of the reasons uh, you know you have to have the Players Association ratify whatever proposal you put forth, and there was a lot of resistance from the players, and understandably so, uh, being you know quarantined away from their families for four and a half months or whatever. Uh, practically, it would have been really difficult to play, you know, two three games uh, a day at a at a ballpark in Arizona or you know whatever. Um, or in Florida, Texas was included in a plan as well. Uh, this makes more sense. I, I think, you know, just to have the familiar surroundings, uh, if what you're, if what you're providing is a television product, uh, it's going to look a whole lot better, uh, albeit in an empty target field than it would be, uh, in Fort Myers or Arizona or whatever. It, it's going to make for better television, uh, selfishly uh, I'm grateful that this is the plan that's been put put forth now because I got a lot of friends who are in the TV business who aren't getting paid right now and it would seem like a, a, another cold slap in the face if the twins played baseball uh, in Florida and our crew that we work with at Target Field wasn't able to get any work so at least you know when the uh, season starts uh, under the current proposal a lot of people would get back to work, including some TV people that I've come to know over the decades that really, frankly, need the work. Yeah, of course. You know, we know Marnie pretty well, Marnie Gellner, with her brother working hand-in-hand with us and a lot of stuff up here. And she's been pretty open about she doesn't ever she's never been on unemployment before, so this is a little different time for her and a lot of people in your industry. Yeah, and, you know, in almost every case, you know, whatever the industry is um, – People want to work. People want to, you know, make a living, and they want to get back to just the basic uh, human conditions that we've, you know, grown accustomed to for centuries. You know, and and unfortunately, that's not the case right now. We've just got to do uh, follow the leadership that we've been given from uh, the authorities, and hope that uh, they've got the best plan moving forward, so that if we do take a step forward. We don't take two steps backward uh, just a few weeks later. Dick Bramer with us, uh, the television voice of the Minnesota Twins here for the Twins Wrap, brought to you by Jefferson Lines. Switching gears a little bit, it was fun. To, uh, we've been playing a lot of these Twins Classic games. We played one last night where Johan Santana struck out 17, I think it was, against the uh, Texas Rangers. And it was also a game where Gary Gaetti was recognized and put in the Twins Hall of Fame. And he was up in the booth with Dan Gladden and and John Gordon, and I, p- people may not realize this, but that I think that's also where Dan Gladden's daughter met Gary Gaetti's son, right? <laughs> it's a, it's a, kind of, talk about that family of 87 twins, and they eventually got married. I mean, what a what a story there. Yeah, and uh, I'm not sure exactly where they first met, but, uh, yeah, teammates from uh, the 1987 World Championship uh, team, and now they're even more closely connected uh, with the the uh, children getting married to one another, <laughs> I mean, just that's amazing, isn't it? Just how how these things can play out. I just I always found that story that and you and uh, you are not one of the members of the birthday club for Twins broadcast announcers, right? And how weird is that? Where you have Corey and Dan Gladden and John Gordon before them all having the same birthday? Yeah, that was uh, odd when we discovered 
all that. And, uh, um, yeah, I, my birthday is in early March, so uh, I don't celebrate it uh, during uh, the regular baseball season at all. But uh, every once in a while, we've had a spring training telecast uh, on my birthday, and uh, we've managed to uh, get through the telecast without mentioning it every year. So, <laughs> Doesn't it seem weird that, I mean, we talk about because my birthday is in March too, but that seems like ages ago. I just It seems like it was forever ago when you're talking about spring training. Yeah, and it was a week or so after my birthday. We were in the Dominican Republic for the uh, you know spring training game there with the Tigers. And honestly, Derek, it does. It seems like you know at least six months ago that we were there because uh, even though we had heard of COVID-19 and we knew it was a threat to change some things at that point, uh, no one could have imagined that we'd be sitting here, you know, what, April, May, two months later, uh, we still haven't started the baseball season yet because everything was full steam ahead uh, when we were in the Dominican Republic. But, uh, you know, we are where we are now. Yeah, no question. I, as far as the players, I mean, I'm guessing it's an interesting thing going back to some of the players because Mike Trout's been vocal about how he's uncomfortable with some of the stuff. And there may be some players that decide not to show up because you have a guy like Trout who's making enough money, he could probably take a year off. But then there's going to be maybe these uh, Wally Pip situations here where Lou Gehrig comes in and, and takes over. I mean, there's going to be an opportunity for some of the younger players to may, maybe make a name for themselves if some of the superstars decide that they aren't comfortable playing. Well, I, I, I don't think that uh, the, the superstars will, will you know, balk at the conditions. I'm sure there have been a lot of discussions between, you know, the Mike Trouts of the world and the Tyler Duffies of the world within the Players Association. And, and I'm sure their leadership is well aware of what would be palatable and what wouldn't. But, you know, to your point, there is going to be opportunity out there for players. Uh, well, let's just keep this in-house, like a Trevor Larnick. Uh, someone like that who maybe wasn't going to have space uh, on a 26-man roster for his uh, uh, you know, career to get started at the big league level this year. But almost certainly the rosters will be expanded beyond 26. Uh, and there may be one idea is that there would be a 30-man roster and then a taxi squad, if you will, of 20 more players that could be used. And, and I, I think that makes a lot of sense on a lot of levels because the last thing the uh, Twins organization would want to do would be to have a full year go by without Trevor Larnick and, uh, you know, Royce Lewis and some of the other top prospects not playing any competitive baseball. So part of this proposal might include uh, expanded rosters and some of the you know, bright stars of the Twins' future might get a chance to make their debuts in 2020. Yeah, no question, because the practice squad was talked about. Ironically, you and I were talking about that a couple weeks ago, is that the practice squad's going to be needed, right? Because if you got a guy who's just laboring in the bullpen, can't get anyone out, I mean, what are you going to do with him, right? I mean, they just have to have that type of option since they can't send him down to AAA. Yeah, and if you've got the expanded rosters, maybe the new rule that was going to be implemented this year where a pitcher, uh, under most circumstances, unless he ended the inning, had to face at least three batters, well, that might get waived this year as well True, because you'll have more bodies out there. And, you know, who knows? We may we all hope it happens, right? But the games might be three and a half hours long with the expanded rosters. Uh, the art, if you will, of pinch hitting uh, might come back. You know, that's kind of a lost art. It's almost like bunting now because rosters at 25 included most of the time 13 pitchers. 
And the idea of having a a Chip Hale, a Midre Cummings, a Randy Bush type of uh, guy on the bench to get a hit for you in the late innings, well, that you know, that job didn't exist anymore in baseball, and it might now moving forward, at least in 2020. Well, you bring up you know, pinch hitting for the pitcher all the time is always a big deal in the National League, and it sounds like there will be a universal DH, too. And that's something I think we talked about a couple of weeks ago, too, that as baseball tries to be creative to have a season in 2020, some of the components of that creativity can be carried forward. And, you know, I think a lot of baseball fans are aware the collective bargaining agreement with the players is up after the 2020 season. So the universal DH might be something that would be carried forward to 2021 and beyond. It's interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about this too with the twins, the way they're set up and they have, Good pitching, not some of the best starting line pitching as far as the top five guys in the rotation. Can that help you a little bit in a shorter season? Where I mean, you look at a guy like you know Jose Barrios, he's always been known to kind of have a tough August, like it's almost like he tires out. But you know, with a shorter season, could that help out a guy like him and some others? Well, yeah, I've never run a marathon, but I can imagine a marathon runner uh, if suddenly you know the marathon was. 13.1 miles instead of 26.2, it would change, you know, how you'd approach your run from the start to the finish. And I think we'll see that in baseball. I think particularly with the pitchers, um, you know, the, certainly at the start of the year, they'll be very, very cautious with them. So they don't ramp up too quickly, but you know, the finish line, even though there would be expanded playoffs, the finish lines uh, will start a lot closer uh, than it used to start. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Well, hopefully it does play out very soon, as we mentioned. Hey, if you can say uh, uh, hi to my friend Paul. You know, he's a little bummed. He works at Culver's, and the and the uh, right now the dining room's closed, so he's not able to do his you know cleaning up the tables and stuff. He's a big Twins fan. He just wanted to tell me me to tell you that he really misses uh, you on the broadcast. So, uh, Paul, certainly if you can say hi to him, because he would really appreciate that. Well, Paul, I can tell you that I miss Twins baseball, too, but I miss Butterburgers, too. So let's hope that baseball's back and Butterburgers are back and we can get back to normal here. Yeah, he does a great job uh, helping out people when when the dining room is open, a lot of drive through service right now. So thank you so much, Dick. We'll talk to you again soon. You got it, Derek. The Twins wrap with Dick Bramer here on the Mighty 790 KFGO, wrapping up Couch Potato Radio. we got Twins Classic Radio on the way. A game where Byron Buxton was huge, and hopefully it'll be huge when we get the 2020 season underway very soon. Derek Hansen with you here on the Mighty 790 KFGO.